Right, with another Suspended Soul podcast. Today, I have my friend Mitch Wells uh, for the band Zao. Um, I don't know. My, I like Zao a lot. My uh, first experiences are with them was I lived in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I had some friends that booked them at a house there called Antarctica House. I wasn't real familiar with them then, but um, I went. I enjoyed it a lot, and ever since... And they were very enjoying that one that played it for me. And then um, I guess I've kind of became friends with some of the guys throughout the years. My old band played as their band, Baby Boy, and The Body one time when actually, well, it's Mitch's one of Mitch's other bands that I was supposed to play. That was a Kansas City short little thing. But, I mean, and Zal goes back to, I think, demos about 2007 period of time, if I'm correct, but I'm not too sure on that. But with any further ado, welcome to the podcast, Mitch. Hey, thanks for having me, Brett. Nice yeah, that's here. Nice. The demo's about 2007, right? That sounds right. We we were a band for a little while, even like before we got Brian. We had a recording called Call No Man Happy Until He Is Dead that our guitar player, Matthew, sang on, which is on band camp somewhere. Uh, we were, I mean, Matthew, Brian, I mean, sorry, Matthew, Andy, and I were playing for years as another band and then decided to do that. So I'm not really sure exactly the timeline of like when one started and one ended, you know? But yeah, 2007 yeah. sounds right. Yeah, like, yeah, I had, I had heard stories from like, our good friend, our both our mutual friend Jock, that like, yeah, you guys were all jamming, and Brian had heard you guys jam, and he kind of, he really wanted to be in a band, so he kind of was like, kept on being persistent about it. And that's yeah, how he, it, yeah, how he started. sent us a message. He sent us a message that was like, hey, kick that singer out and let me do vocals for you guys, <laughs> not knowing that Matthew was just the, also the guitar player. And he was like, oh, uh, okay. But, you know, and then the story goes, I don't remember if this is exactly true or not, but I guess the story goes is that we recorded Tyrant, Matthew sang on it, and then somehow the vocals got lost. So we were like, all right, well, let's see what Brian sounds like with us. And he, we did like a rehearsal tryout thing and it sounded good. So we were like, all right, let's record. And that was it. Yeah, and, like, it seems like right around also, I mean, yeah, with Tyrant, you guys, that's, like, I think that's right around the time you guys came to Chattanooga, too, too or whatever. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe so. Yeah, that was a, it's a while ago. It all, I mean, you guys have been touring for so long, I'm sure it becomes almost like a bore what's what sometimes or what years. <laughs> oh, I I can't remember. That's actually what got me into like filmmaking, quote unquote filmmaking, just like making tour videos and stuff. Uh, Brian and Andy can lift like, oh, in 2010, we played in such and such city with this band. And I'm like, we were in wherever in 2000. We toured in 2010. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just don't remember. I, so I started like... To filming the tours to help me remember what it didn't do. Didn't do that great. Yeah, they'll have the date. They'll have the date down, or probably have it. Yeah. Have to write it down, or have a whole list of dates too. But some people are good with memory. That way, we'll yeah. Like, this place. That, Definitely not me. 
Not that person. <laughs> Not you. Um, yeah, and, I mean, what Zal kind of probably, I take it you guys just started out a friendship. Did you guys meet at shows, or how did the, how did your guys' friendship start? Anyway. Uh, well, Brian, no, sorry. I keep saying Brian. Andy and Matthew have been friends since, like, uh, they were children, literal kids. Uh, went to the same school, and I went to the same middle school as them, St. Thomas More in Baton Rouge. And then uh, met Matthew there. We were in the same karate class growing up, which was real funny when we were, like, super young and, you know, knew each other. But then high school is when I started playing music. Andy and Matthew were in a band called Effigy, this, like, tool wannabe band. Uh, I was in this other band. My uncle spent time playing in Tool. He's Christopher Pittman. He did keyboards on their record in Nima. And he oh, was in Guns cool. N' too. This is something I brag nice. about a lot of punk rock. If people in punk rock would be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my, awesome. Yeah, it isn't even like my uncle's total style. I mean, I shouldn't say that. It, it isn't like his first proof pay of music, but sometimes you go. Sure, sure. Yeah. What you can do. Yeah, totally. He's good friends uh, with games. Danny, just from growing up together around the Kansas area or Kansas City. Oh, sick. That rules. Area. Went out to LA to record, install recording studios. And that yeah. was just kind of, that was just kind of that. It went on, went to other things as it went along. Uh, has he ever, like, hooked you up with tickets to a show or anything? Yeah, I saw, I saw Guns N' Roses at one point not too long ago he's not in it right now but it was it was maybe a couple of years before pandemic yeah and stuff, and stuff so yeah it's it's like yeah and i'm not saying yeah it's just um it's just interesting that uh because the, the, his whole thing was he really likes stuff like joy division the pesto uh-huh. yeah, yeah yeah for sure so, different things, but he was a synth guy and recorded, so it's kind yeah. of wherever, I guess, music t- wherever the music took him at the... Right, right, right. Totally. Where he, I mean, that's not a bad place to have it take you, either. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's Could not. Definitely I, be worse. I, I, I don't think it... I don't think yeah. it is. But anyway, uh, so you are so saying they were kind of in a band. They just kind of being... Yeah. Yeah, so they they were in a band. Andy and I went to high school together. We had a bunch of the same friends. Uh, Andy basically taught me how to play music in the the like high school band room during lunch breaks. We would just go in there with a bunch of other people that played music and uh, jam. And he like taught me a ton of stuff. Uh, and then we started doing house shows at my parents' house. They were like, "Yeah, invite 200 kids over, and we'll have a couple bands play." And my mom would, like, cook for everybody and, like, make little snacks and stuff. And my dad would be out in the front yard, like, directing traffic, like, telling people where to park and whatever. And so my, like, I'm sure there's fun. Nice, I'm sure there's nice yeah. southern folks, right? Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. So, so Andy and Matthew's band would come play at my house, and then my crappy band would play. And eventually they lost. Uh, they had like a keyboard player who did all the bass stuff and he quit. So they're like, Mitch, you play bass. You're nice. 
come play bass. And I was like, all right. And we did the band, a band translation and that became Val. And it's just, I mean, so the three of us have been playing forever. We've been through a few different drummers and then Brian joined right at the beginning of Tyrant or right at the end of Tyrant and stuff. Uh, and he, we didn't know him at all, really. I think him and Andy knew each other a little bit just from going to shows, but not super well. And uh, yeah, it just worked so it's out. It's kind of like Blue and Andy, Matthew, and you seem like the main, like you said, you've been through some different drummers. Now it's Tyler, right? It's still Tyler currently? Yeah, yeah. Tyler. So, like, so yeah, you, you all have been through some different drummers. Yeah. Drummers and yeah, also check out Tyler's other band, Yacha, too. Rules and Tyler's involved in is usually pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, he's incredible. Good. Yeah, and that's, um, would the, yeah, do you, do you guys, because I know for a while, just being fr- friends with you guys, you guys were kind of, for a little bit recently, you guys were kind of scattered about all over the place, right? Because I know. Does Tyler live in Louisville, Louisville right? Or is he, does he still yeah. live there? Yeah, so, he's yeah. still there. So We're trying to get him to move. <laughs> certain people are in California, right? Or war, were. Yeah, we're all in New Orleans now, except for Tyler. Uh, Andy moved away first. He lived in the Bay Area for a couple of years. Then he came back. And then I moved to L.A. for a couple of years, for like five years. And now I'm back. And yeah, we just got to convince Tyler to move here to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, anyway, I'm sure also made sense you being involved in film too, right? It was. Yeah, kind of... that was the idea, and then it just got a little too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I lived out. I lived out in L.A. for a while, and I lived in West That's Hollywood. Right. Yeah, I lived, of, like, I lived off of Kingsley and Melrose area. I think I paid back then, like. 750 for a studio apartment, but I'm sure you wouldn't even right. get a studio. That was back in the early 2000s, so I'm pretty sure you wouldn't even get a studio. Yeah, I think I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, I'm, yeah I probably about that did. Time. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. A studio, I think a studio out there, would, I don't even know what they'd cost now. Probably even in that neighborhood, I would imagine probably at least a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, way too much. Yeah, but I live in. You know, I live in Chicago, and it's it's extremely not a cheap city to live in. Oh, I'm sure. They're not the cheapest. Not they don't make it the cheapest to live here. Yeah, so so known each other for a long time, and then um, oh, yeah, yeah, of course you both had a lot of. I mean, yeah, like I said, I got to play with your band, Baby Boy, that one time, and that was yeah, really, that was fun. Really cool. I mean. Yeah, that barn show up in, I guess that was like in the North Kansas City area or whatever. Yeah. That Man, what year was that? I'm not sure because you're with the body and you, Val was supposed to play too, but something something happened with Brian or his lady up at Gildenfest or Gildenfest or something. Oh, that might be. Oh, man, I, I could be getting the dates wrong just again because I'm real bad with dates, but. I want to say we our, our friend Ellen. Oh, when? Sorry. I don't know if it was the. I don't know if it was like a March or April show. Show. I'm not sure when. It may right, be. Right. Right. Yeah, I have no idea. The the main thing, the main time I remember Brian like having a bail on a couple shows was when our friend Eleanor came on tour with us 
And right before we left for tour, uh, Brian's cat bit Eleanor on the arm and it got infected and it swole up so big that she had to go to the hospital. And Brian had to sit in the hospital with her for like a couple days because he just felt bad, you know, had to be there. Uh, and so we did, I think we did one show without him that was just like an instrumental show. And then the other one, we just, I, yeah, Baby Boy played instead. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's cool. Could have even just did an instrumental show. You could have even probably done a Zao karaoke show or something, but who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always think it'd be fun to do something like that, but people just get to, you know, make up their own lyrics and sing whatever they want. Like, it'd be cool if, if people, like, know the song, but we don't, you know, it's like, don't sing our song, just do something else and see what it sounds like. I think that'd be something fun to do. Yeah, just do different different nights of different people doing that. Or yeah. Something goofy like that would be, yeah, I've always thought about stuff like that would be fun. Fun, and I mean, well, I mean, I'm sure the reason you guys also started the band was to get certain emotions out, but it was also for fun to, to just like many, many things are to create with other people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And stuff, but it seems like, it seems like you all hit the road running a lot though in the, in the world of touring. They, well, we tried. tried yeah, to. and now, but there's been pandemic stuff. So it's been a whole other thing. Yeah, it's been a nightmare. We were supposed to be in Australia and New Zealand last August, and that got canceled, which was a huge bummer. Uh, people are trying to get us to come out to Europe at the end of this year, but I don't think we're going to do that because it's just a little too soon, I think. Yeah, it screwed everything up. Oh, yeah, it's even, I have that whole fest here in Chicago for my Project Midwest Lust. We're doing a split bastard noise. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I have a whole fest with, like, suppression and water torture for it and a bunch of other folks, but who knows when it's really going to get a happen happen because everything's just so up in the air right now. I don't think anybody really knows it's kind of just out of all of our control. Yeah, yeah. Just hanging in there. Yeah, and um, and then you've done, I noticed you, some other stuff I want to talk about. I noticed you all have done a lot of collabs with, uh, Emma Ruth, how did how did those how that and Emma Ruth Rundle, how did those things all come about or how did those friendships? Uh, I don't remember what year we met Emma, but we I mean it started off I think we're just like fans of her music, you know, and thought it'd be cool to do something one day. And I think she she's like super into metal stuff, like you know heavy music, and I think she was into us a little bit. But the real thing was uh, Roadburn asked us to be the like artist in residence. And they were like, you should do a collab set. And we we're like, oh, this is a good excuse to do a collab with Emma. We'll write some stuff and play a show together and see how it goes. And it just went really well. Then we did, you know, did a tour together. and But it all really just came out of like digging each other's music and being nice, you know, she's incredibly nice so that was that's always good uh and just became buds yeah 
And I take it that's road burn fest that happens over in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah, in yeah. like the Netherlands or something. Yeah, I don't know if I know my friend always or somebody I'm supposed to have on the podcast. I'm pretty sure they're probably a mutual friend of yours too. I'm not sure if I say their name right here. Uh, they, they seem like they do a lot for music in Europe. Marka, Marka, or Marka, or Marka. Mm, I'm not. I'm not sure. And, uh, does she runs Sergeant House Europe? Oh, uh, Marika. Yeah, Marika. I didn't because I wasn't saying her name right. See, that's my that's my problem. Marika. Yeah, but I've always yeah. liked I've always liked a lot of her film, and it seems like she does a lot for like just promoting bands and doing yeah, a lot great. Of, like a lot she's of stuff about music. I'm supposed to have her on my show too. I need to like holler at her. Yeah, she's fantastic. She works real hard and goes, you know, real hard for all these bands. It's great. Yeah, and that's awesome. I don't, I don't know what our language barriers will be when I have, if I have oh, her I, on. The- I think y'all will be fine. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, um, yeah, you don't know how stuff's going to be. Yeah, but it turns out pretty good most of the time. Time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just kind of that that friendship just kind of started because you liked each other's art. That's really that's really a good thing when that happens. Yeah. What else did I want to talk about here? I with Sal, I wanted to talk about. I always like to get into art. I notice you guys always have this art. It looks like. It was like medieval times art. It was like stuff would come out of seven, like seventeen and eighteen hundred books. Is that kind of yeah? You guys rip a lot of that out of. Yeah, we pull a lot of like woodcuts from way back in the day, and uh, it, that was more often. There was more of that whenever we were getting started. It was like this certain, you know, aesthetic. Uh, and I, we still use it for like the band camp cover images just to keep everything looking real uniform and nice and clean. But for like physical releases of stuff, we've kind of gotten away from that a little bit and moved into okay. like photography and paintings and stuff. Yeah, it's, um, exact, exactly. Uh, yeah, you can tell your art's definitely changed over time, but I really, I really like a lot of that stuff because it really shows like, seems like a lot of that artwork shows like also a time period where people didn't live so long. And if you probably fucked up, you got killed real fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, a lot, a lot of it's very, uh, yeah, it's kind of wild art. I was even, I was even talking to Dwid from Psy Warfare and Integrity on the podcast about this. He pulls a lot of art like that from books. He'll go around France or different places and try to find books from the 17 and 1800s. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, and, it's, a, it's a good look. I mean, it you know that stuff works real well for album covers uh, and booklets and stuff. It's just so striking. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really is. It kind of uh, yes puts that out there. So. Um, yeah, I should talk about, and we can talk more about other stuff here in a minute. But you got into film. What have you all done with film, or how did that how that journey come about, or what fascinated you with film? With film, uh, man, it was really touring. Honestly, 
like I said, I, just having such a terrible memory about stuff, I started carrying this really shitty, like, flip camera, uh, like a Kodak, I think it was called a flip or something, uh, just to, like, film bands that we played with and the different cities we were at and, like, stuff we were doing to help me, to help with, like, my memory and just, re- you know, oh, I can go back and look at this footage and go, yeah, that show, that was real fun. Uh, and then I started, I got like a better camera and learned how to edit a little bit and started putting them together at these like little documentaries and then would get like a nicer camera and learn more about editing and they just started to get a little bit better and like certain blogs would post them as like, look at that, is that one tour? And you know, that was like a really <laughs> cool thing for me. So uh just you know kept doing it because it was fun and then got a little better at it and then moved out to LA to be like try to be an editor and I was editing for a while on a couple cool things and made a couple cool music videos and uh you know still doing that did a couple music videos over quarantine but uh you know it's just been like a fun thing to do most of all like filming and editing stuff yeah, my yeah, my friend Alex my friend Alex Schubert uh from Kansas City, he moved out there and does like a bunch of animation stuff for Warner Brothers now. I'm not sure oh, what he all does, that's but cool. yeah, he went to Kansas City Art Institute and then bounced out to LA, but I guess that's the land of opportunity for that. Uh-huh. But I'm sure it's just like I'm sure with film and anything, it's just like it's one of the things that took time and you probably got better at it as you went along to like your hands probably got your hand probably got more study steady in what you wanted yep. to do or different different things like that. I, and I mean you, you guys have um you you guys did that friendship tour with um you know, Cloud Rat and everything and a bunch Wolf of stuff. and Moloch. Yeah. Yeah, and um what uh, wasn't 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 John was John Case with Cloud Rap for that? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think he was there taking photos and just like helping yeah, out with merch and being around. Yeah, because he's on he's on my Noise Fest here in Chicago. He's doing a Noise Fest. Oh, cool. We played, some, we played some shows together since he lives here. Now nice. he's, really, he's a real nice dude. Yeah, John's just a nice dude, and his photography's cool too. Just like yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have his zine, the purpleizer from that tour. Yeah, I got those. It's I, like got, a I got photo those. zine. Yeah, I got those too, where he just took a lot of photos of everyone yeah, from great. the tour, and like, yeah, it's cool when people can capture stuff like that, and like kind of like you know, let the photography even speak for itself in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was it was uh it was cool having him around. That's the other you know, the way I was doing with video stuff, he's doing with photos and it's really it's cool to have that zine to be able to look back and have those memories. Yeah, what um what's your um you know, I always I always talk about this on the podcast, so I guess I'll go there on on this episode. Like I'm a pretty I'm a pretty big noise head these days, and uh, I mean, I like everything. I, I I don't I don't pigeonhole myself by any by any means, you know, because that's just kind of it sells yourself short. I feel 
feel most people yeah. probably feel good to all the labels and stuff. But yeah, I've, I don't know. I almost get it like with being with my autism the way it is, I get obsessed about things. Mm-hmm. And I have like, I have this obsession for a tracks morgue. If you know that noise artist, Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not much of a of a noise guy myself. Yeah, yeah. but he, yeah. he was yeah. also obsessed about these movies called G- Gala films. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're like Italian B, like they're kind of Italian B films that are almost like slasher films that always have a detective involved. Oh in yeah, 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 yeah. Love those. Yeah, and like he he had this obsession for them, and it's like. I think, like, that goes a lot to show about anybody who focuses on a craft. Like, he had an obsession for those films, and he had an obsession for when they made noise. Um, uh-huh, and uh-huh. stuff to drive, like, to create. And and sometimes the stuff was so simple but so brittle because, I don't know, it's the, it, was, it was a time period where nobody had a lot of stuff to follow. People were being pretty inventive in the late 80s and early 90s. Oh, that's cool. People were finding their own way. I at least that's what it felt like to me hearing a lot of stuff later on. Like now, now it's almost like you get to a point where everybody has a lot of stuff. Like with the internet and the way everything is, a lot everybody has a lot of stuff to kind of take uh-huh. from or influence them. Influence them as there's like this point where people kind of did their own takes on anything and started creating more, especially around that period of the late eighties and nineties. So sure. I've always found it I've always found it fascinating. Just like thou to me is a very and I don't mean to flow into egos here, to me it does a lot of wonderful things. You you all are heavy, sludgy is Brian's vocals sound like you're having the light. And it's funny because you meet Brian, he's one of the most humorous people you meet. Uh-huh. He's a goofball for sure. Yeah, but his vocals sound like he's having the life ripped out of him. Which, oh yeah, yeah. Let's just face, let's just face the facts. But it's sure real funny to watch him live too because he usually is wearing like shorts and flip flops and like some <laughs> ratty hat and just doesn't does not look like you know that's him. That's, that's you know yeah, that I mean, person has that voice. I mean. Uh, the first time I saw you all in uh, Chattanooga, Brian's, I'm not going to lie, Brian's eyes kind of had this, like, look of scare to Oh, yeah. To, yeah. To, he, gets, like, this, he gets this good glare with his eyes when he gets sent to, to it. Uh, and I think it's hard a lot of times to capture the intensity of all the music that like heavier music on recording than what it is live because live mm-hmm. heavier music is just so much more ruthless with blaring amps and yeah for sure the presence of it but yeah like you said it's um but it goes back to like i think obsession like i'm sure you guys just didn't even start out good it was probably just took practice and practice to get to where oh, we got to that we're still not good <laughs> we're still terrible I don't think you guys are ter- terrible but if you guys um, take you on that's okay yeah, no, we're, we're okay but we still got a lot of practicing to do <laughs> yeah if you, 
Um, so was that, um, so did you uh, ever, as you were saying earlier, Andy and Matthew is one of the, one of the way, a lot of the ways you guys, you started playing music, right? Did you mm-hmm. ever play, did you ever play instruments or have anything that opened? I'm sure you got into music at a certain age. Did you have a family member that opened hand doors? Uh, music? Sort of. I, my, my dad played music when he was young. And so, yeah, he had like an acoustic guitar in the house always and would be playing that. And I never really had any intention to play music until uh, in high school, my two best friends were playing guitar and drums. And they were like, hey, you need to go buy a bass because we need somebody to like play bass with us when we jam. I was like, what? Where, do I, where am I going to get a bass? And they're like, I don't know. Ask around. And I think they found someone selling a shitty bass for very cheap and like a little practice amp. And I like went and bought it and was terrible at it. But my dad loved that I bought it because he could like pick it up and just play. And I was like, well, shit, what am I, what am I doing? Uh, but you know, just kept practicing. And then, like I said, meeting Andy and a bunch of our friends in high school, like the older kids in high school who knew what they were doing. I just got in good with them and it became like, uh, you know, an obsession for a while. And the two friends that were playing music are like, that made me buy a bass. They're not doing music at all now. (laughs) That's so funny to me that they were like, that was going to be like their lives were just playing music forever. I mean, I'm sure maybe they're playing a little bit here and there, but it's so funny that they made me buy this stuff to play with them. And then they eventually gave up. I'm still doing it. (laughs) Not well, but still doing it all these years later. Yeah. I really, um, yeah, I really like, um, how sometimes I always like talking to different, people I talk to and different friends and always seeing what was their gateway into, you know, music or into, into this because it's, it's, you know, it's really different for, it's really different for everybody. Sure. But then you find, and also I was even, I have a friend named Josh who lives in Alabama lives over there and he knows K-On real good from Yacha and, Okay. Josh plays in a band called Heel Turn. How they're out of Alabama, but we're we're even talking about like, you know, if we do get into the labels of things, sometimes the stuff that involves counterculture is so needed in the South because there's so much conservative conservative mm-hmm. ideology ways of thinking in the South. Sometimes, but at the same time. I think the South gets a, we're talking about the South gets a bad rep sometimes. Yeah. I've had like, I don't even want to go down there, down there. And it's like, and then they end up going down there and having a really good time. They end up going down there and having a really good time. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and loving it. But it's, it's people in the South are, people are generally in the South are nice. Even like Billy Tom, even when Billy Thompson put on that show for my old mm, band. Yeah. Billy's great. Baton, yeah, Billy's uh, Billy's a great human, and we played Baton Rouge, and we then we went and stayed with uh, we went and stayed with Jock over at his. Uh, That's right. His yeah, yeah, yeah. Place and yeah, just I cooked us up. All, yeah, just cooked us up all this great, wonderful food, and was so was so welcoming. <laughs> it was so welcoming. Yeah, like, there was a there was a really good time 
uh, I guess around like, I don't know, 2004 to 2010, maybe even, I mean, even after that, where like Baton Rouge was a really good place to do shows. There was a ton of houses doing like, you know, just punk house shows. And people were like cooking and putting people up at their house. And it was really special and fun. And I'm not sure that's happening so much these days. I mean, not even, you know, not speaking of COVID or anything, but I just don't know of like any other bands or people doing that in Baton Rouge now. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, I don't even, I don't even remember what the place we played was. I, was, I want to say maybe called Hound Dogs. Does that sound right? Hound Dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never played there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that is a like place. The downtown, downtown yeah. area, Banner Ridge. Yeah, kind of in the exactly. Main. Yeah, that, that's where Billy had booked that show. And it was cool. We played with Cajun Clam, Jock Stain, and some. Dude. That band's so fun. Heavy mantle. It was a, it was a good, it was a good time. Nice. That's a good lineup. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, I wish. Uh, yeah, I was wishing Secret Smoker would have played, but it's. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Billy was, Billy was having trouble making it happen, and I yeah, said yeah, again. Played, which. Yeah, Billy said that he used to share a practice spot with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we we practiced with tons of different bands over the years in Baton Rouge. <laughs> Just constantly moving our practice space around. Yeah, see uh yeah, Secret Smokers Secret I Secret Smokers been going for a while now too. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're like uh I don't know, one of the longest running bands I know of from Baton Rouge. Yeah, so um but you said um you were, so you said you're all living in New Orleans though now besides Tyler. That's yep. Really cool. It is and nice. And is is that actually does Brian work there? Is that his record store that plays Sisters and Sisters in Christ? Yep. That's his shop. That's really nice. Yeah, I've heard. I haven't ever gone to go there, but um, hopefully after pandemic, yeah, I can make that change. When yeah, you should. That's cool. Start to tour it again. Yeah. God, I there's can't a, wait. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure there's. What's new, What's New Orleans like for shows? I mean, is it pretty? Does it usually treat you guys pretty good, or are you? Are you I mean, you two, you all tour a lot. Usually, when you play a show, you probably go out on a tour, or do you do a lot of local? We stuff? were doing local stuff here and there. I think we we did too much, and then decided to take a break from doing local stuff unless like a friend's band was in town that we just had to play with, you know. Uh, just so you aren't over wearing people out on you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, people in New Orleans, I feel like, don't really like us that much. I'd probably just from playing too often. But we'll play some show in Birmingham, and it will be sold out, and then come back and play New Orleans, and it's like the same handful of friends 
which I, I guess makes sense. But uh, it's real funny how New Orleans is. Yeah, and you would, you would think like, I mean, you'd think there would be like a really huge scene for sludgy stuff there too, or just down tuned outright sludgy. Yeah, like you kind of. That's kind of the home of I hate God and stuff. Totally, yeah, and it's that's that is there, but for some reason, we're not quite in that crowd. Uh, like the I hate God, no, well, I, the people that, yeah. Well, I think my hate God definitely they attract people that are and come from punk rock backgrounds, but they let's let's face it, they and I'm about to probably have Mike on. I'm gonna have Mike on the show soon. I'm. I'm friends with Gary and Mike and all them, but oh, cool. they, 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 have some, they have some crazy song titles and they attract some metalhead fans. Let's just, let's just face oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're so, metal dudes. <laughs> kind of the metal dude realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not exactly our scene. As much as they, yeah, as much as, and what's crazy is like, yeah, music-wise, there's a lot of similarities of the, you can tell a lot of the blues and jazz Sabbath sounds coming out in both of you guys. And Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Different, different things, <laughs> but I hate God's song titles sometimes are a little too much for some people to, <laughs> to, to, to take. But if you really yeah. read the lyrics, a lot of the stuff's just a statement towards a world or fucked up shit It's really going on and stuff and it's just with a really something really almost shock value to almost get somebody to i feel like it's almost to get somebody turned off from it to get from the get-go for somebody to be like oh i'm having nothing to do with this right 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 just get a reaction out of somebody yeah i feel i feel like it was a very reaction (laughs) yeah but i mean yeah it's um so what? Uh, so how many how many records have you all gotten up to now? It's kind of crazy <laughs> to think. Of. You know, or I'm not crazy sure because if you think, I mean, if you think about if you think about other little splits and stuff, it's probably a lot, right? right? I, yeah, I think we're probably in the like late twenties, early thirties. If you put, if you count like everything, you know, like comps and like record comps and splits and EPs and you know every seven inch or whatever, we're probably like late twenties or thirties, uh, which is way too much. We need to stop putting out music. I think. <laughs> no, somebody 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 said uh, <laughs> someone. Uh, it was like Dow puts out more music than anybody else, and I was like, if "Somebody said Dow and the body both." They were like, "Dow the body is oh, yeah. held stuff to the." But I was like, also all those bands are touring all the time, so it's kind of what they do. They're together a lot, where they can write, yeah, probably together in a van or just put a part together, and somebody else, and then they get together back at a press spot or like. Cause, remember this so, part yeah 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 <laughs> definitely helpful you know, to always be around each other yeah because i 
Because, yeah, your first – what's early on stuff? There's Tyrant and Peasants pretty early on, right? The demo? Yeah, Tyrant, then Peasant, then there was – what is it? Heathen was after that. Uh, Magus or something. I, I, who can remember? <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember. Yes. Almet is in there. Yeah, the one on ro- yeah, that one on robotic. I know there's that one. I know there's the one I have on robot or some I have on robot. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I'm looking at I have uh on my record shelf there's like one it's one of those like cube record shelves from IKEA or whatever. And there's one square devoted to just thou and the body, basically. And it takes up the whole thing. And it's I'm looking at it and there's just too much stuff. And how good how good how good a guys are typically for the body? I've known those guys since since we're I, we're all younger because I was from Kansas City originally and they're originally from Arkansas, so they used to just come up all the time uh-huh. and hang out with Sleepy Non Squad and Timmy Yoski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the question? Of, how how are they? No, I was just saying how great are those guys? Oh, how great are they? Like, yeah. They're the best. Yeah, I mean, I mean just, me and Lee text each other like basically every day. We're in a group chat with a couple people uh, about comic books called Wednesday to Wednesday. And we text like basically every day. It's great. Yeah, how about the, I just asked Chip to do, to uh, be a part, to take part in this reading of a script I'm going to write for my show, Big Garden. Uh He's gonna he's gonna play the character Fieldy from Corn, which is gonna be very <laughs> funny to me. Um, what 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 what? I'm not sure if I'm familiar with your show, Mitch. I get out of the loop on these things. I'm not always included oh. in as much as I should be, or paying attention to TV as much as I should be. Oh, I'm it's trying to just really an, great. Yeah, it's just an internet show. It's like I I just put it on Instagram where I do like. I interview people and have musical guests and we'll have like every now and then a tutorial where like somebody will make a video of themselves showing people how to make zines or how to uh, make patches, like DIY patches or something. Uh, and then it's, it's like skits, you know, little weird, funny sketches or something. Uh, it's just something I started doing during quarantine and for the 20th episode, I'm writing this really dumb thing called Big Garden, the movie, the short, where I'm getting like a couple actor buds. I want two people who are actors, two people who are trying to be actors, like going on auditions and stuff, and then one person who's never acted and like doesn't care about it, which is going to be Chip, uh, to <laughs> all read to all read this script, and it's going to be ridiculous and so funny. I hope. But. My girlfriend, the first time, because we went up there like one time up to the in, to um, the empty bottle to hang out with them early, and like uh-huh. uh, Thrill Jockey had brought them all P quads, and you know Chip starts talking to my lady like just about food, and she was yeah. like, I knew I I knew there was something I liked about these guys because she's, <laughs> she's, a, food, she's, a, she's a food person, and <laughs> if you don't know, awesome. like food. Definitely, they are definitely food people. 
Yeah, a lot of people have come to said their first, uh, most of some of their first conversations ever with Deborah is usually about food. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, ours probably were too. <laughs> Did you see that yep. shirt Dylan from Full of Hell made about the body recently? Uh, no, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't see what he What did he do? Dude, it's awesome. He's, I'm so excited that he sent me one. It's a... Uh, like a Venn diagram, right? And it's it's a bunch of circles with different things in it. And one of them's like a hot dog and a Coke and a slice of pizza. And then underneath it says, sometimes the body just wants what the body wants. And oh, well, I think I saw Sam wearing one of those of their recordings. Yeah, 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 yeah. They record yeah. pictures from their recording sessions recently. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> Such a fun That's, shirt. Um, yeah, so fitting for them. I, yeah, my good friend. Uh, yeah, my good friend Danny from Kansas City. She did artwork for him for that record, Christ Redeemers. Oh, cool. And stuff. I, mean, I don't see. That's her artwork. I don't know what else she's done. And this is screen printed for him before. Her and her boyfriend have a little shop in Kansas City. Nice. On these prints. Well, actually. To think about it, when you all came through, it was her, it was Danny and her boyfriend who kind of set up the show, and that show was probably set up through the body, where the body probably set that. that oh, one okay. Because the, I, because I remember, I still, I just sent a picture of you. I still have a cool hand screen, or I still have a hand screen printed poster from that show that Jordan had made. I don't know if you remember seeing those. Not, not off the top of my head, but I bet it was so cool. It had a tension speaker, which is my band on there, Fault Finder, I think Dark I can't remember if Dark Ages played or not, but it definitely said baby it definitely said Baby Boy and Thou and the nice. Body. On it. cool. And it's I'll have to send you a photo of it so Yeah, yeah please but, do. Yeah, he was just selling it. Yeah, somebody was selling up at the show just to kind of help raise money for the bands too. The ways he would always do stuff like that, find ways to raise a little extra money for the bands that came through by screen printing up and screen printing up posters. Which oh, I think it's awesome. cool when people when when people do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just um, that extra little bit of stuff helps so much. Yeah, that's what, that's what another thing I've always been asking people when I'm talking to them on this podcast too, is yeah, what ha- any suggestions for people for quarantine? But you said you kind of started your own show uh-uh. um, dur- during it. What else did you find? Any other little hobbies you could suggest for people, or anything you could uh, suggest? I mean, just time period feels like you know, it's like people feel like. They're going crazy sometimes, it seems like, yeah. which, they probably, which we probably are all a little. Probably are, yeah, for sure. Uh, I spent, my quarantine has basically been doing that show, which takes a bunch of time, but it's, like, been really nice because it makes me reach out to friends and, like, some people I don't know to, like, you know, interview them or ask them to do music. So just creating something like that has been really fun and helpful and keeping me from just, like, being alone in my room. I uh, also started a new band, which was real fun. Matthew from Thou is going to be is playing guitar and singing. Uh, that's been real fun. So I would just, like, 
sit in my room and wrote a ton of songs because I had all day of nothing to do. And I think that has been, uh, I don't know, one of the most fun things, like getting this band going. But on the flip side, it's like, if people aren't able to, you know, start a show or start a band or do these things because they're like bummed out and, you know, it's just too much. I think that's okay too. You don't have to do something. It's okay to just like, you know, make it, try to make it through. Yeah. Well, I even said, sorry to try to make it through or either just, I've even suggest other little hobbies like, you know, do some sewing, knitting, do, do some writing, do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. you know, there's a thousand things. Go, go volunteer. You volunteer someplace to help some other people out of that. More of that. I mean, I feel. I feel like sometimes playing music is sometimes. You know, I get caught between it because, like, sometimes you know, my old band had the name Attention Seekers. I feel like anybody who does it, it's a little bit of egocentric to even put themselves up oh, on sure. the stage and stand in front. Of it. In front of yeah. other people, I love that name. And punk rock's a weird double-edged sword sometimes for me because sometimes it has some of the coolest things. Like it has like the ideas, and you know you can put a lot of different things into the category of punk because I don't believe punk's a set sound. It's more of an idea of range of ideas and stuff. It depends on who you ask. Um, but with all the pigeonhole terms, but I always kind of thought it was funny how it's a double-edged sword because you have the thing where it's not a rock star mentality where it's like it's so much different than the bands were mentioned earlier like no offense to any of that but tool and guns and roses where people can talk to each other you can make friends you have community you have these things but sometimes it's so dramatic <laughs> over the littlest over the littlest thing Thing, yeah, you know, you can and as you get older, you kind of realize these things, and you realize that's why even putting yourself, I don't know, put all the labels just seem like they're just ways for, for judgment or to categorize ourselves. And it's, I just kind of gotten all over it, but I always do love that Val shirt. I think mine got too small for me, I shrunk it in the shirt, but I what is, is that Andy's face on? And it's black and white and, and it has like blood on it. It says punk rock ruined my life. Oh, no, that's uh, that's our friend Tim Gorbett, an old okay. Baton Rouge bud. Okay, I couldn't remember because I can't, I don't have the shirt anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah. I lost it somewhere down the line. I think I, I think I shrunk it in the dryer. I was going to turn it into a backpack with one of my friends talked me out of it. He was like, it's my size. Please, please let me have it. And I was oh, like, cool. and I was like, okay, okay, okay. Cause I can't fit it. Cause I shrunk the goddamn thing. So here you go. Here. <laughs> well, that's nice of you. Yeah. I mean, I should have, I should have told him to order a shirt from you guys. I should have. No, no, like, no, absolutely not. No, no. Give it away. That's, <laughs> I, I, I love that. I shouldn't be yeah. like, this is capitalism here. Pay the piper. <laughs> I'm yeah. joking there. Yeah, that's funny. No, some people, no, no, there's, um, yeah, there's just different things about that. Some people get worked up about certain shit sometimes. Like, 
I don't know. I don't want to talk about it on this podcast. We we can talk about those things privately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we're super yeah. into like uh, boot bootleg our shirts. You know, like make your own, but do whatever, steal the steal the whatever. Because we do that shit all the time. So it's like, you know, we can't say don't do it to us. Brian Shop sells bootlegged albums and T-shirts and you know tapes or whatever. So go for it. Yeah, do it, do it, do it, do what you're, do what you're gonna do. Yeah, it's funny the first, cause uh, I believe it was my friend Jerry or JD Reed that put on your guys' very first show in Chattanooga. He played in the band Gravebound, uh-huh. and he put on that show. He helped put together the show at in Arkansas house and it's funny as and i don't think brian's like I, I haven't ever seen him where he acts up or anything but I, yeah i think that i think the first time i ever saw you guys i tried to go up and smoke a block with brian or something the dude was like <laughs> i'm still a germ drug free yeah. or something something like that and i was just like i didn't know <laughs> yeah that's, that happens all the time yeah i'm sure that's a pretty but I think he was like, I think he was like, told me somebody else, he's like, I'm sure somebody else in the band would love to hit that with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the move. Same thing. Yeah. I don't, I've never, I'm like a straight edge person, sort of, uh, and would do the same thing. Only I would tell the person who offered, I'd be like, yeah, sorry, we're all straight edge, just to fuck with the other guys, which is <laughs> like a, funny, a funny joke to me. Well, yeah, you guys are. You guys are, you guys are pretty goofy. You guys are pretty goofy anyway. You guys are pretty goofy characters anyways. Oh yeah, so okay. yeah. And from what Definitely, I can tell, yeah. from the times I have hung out with you guys, it seems like you guys are pretty fun guys, fun folks to be around. Yeah, people always. Well, not always, but there seems to be this like connection to playing heavy music like we do and being like a sad, I don't know, like gruffy person or something where you have to be depressed or angry to play this kind of music. And sure I don't think that's necessarily emotions. true. But I'm sure we've all felt those emotions at times. Yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't have to be your only thing. Yeah. I, oh yeah, exactly. And so, some people, I've even had it where people act really, where it's just like it's hard to even get them to laugh, and it's like, it's just, and then I got people to laugh. Like I think, I think we all learn from each other as people, too. At times, like you know, it's um, I had a friend that took everything real serious, and it was hard to get them to laugh. And one day, I was just like, "What are you gonna do? Are you gonna go through your life to being angry and sad at all this stuff? You need to laugh at it sometimes, or else it's too much to." Take it. I was like, one day you're gonna. I told him one day you're gonna be in the grave and you're gonna regret not laughing at some of the shit. He didn't laugh. Laugh. Yeah, at totally. Life too, life too, you know? Yeah. Life's too way. short. Life's too short. And Just I, be goofy. And I mean, I understand the things people also get sad and angry about. Like, I don't know if I understand them all the way. Being 
being a white male, but I understand that there's people who are born in the wrong body. There's people who have sexual needs for the same sex. There's people who, are, who get fucking murdered by the police because they're a certain, they're not the right color in America. And racism has infiltrated police departments, and the whole system's fucked with capitalism, and it puts people oh, right. into the get-go right, and pits us up against each other. And that's just what it's always done, and money's always done is pitting people against each other. It's kind of, and that we, but it's, I think we need to get to a world where we get past all that, and and also not just cancel everyone out. We actually work with other people and actually have a real community of things and actually try to help each other out and be there the one to help in hand in this world because I think the world has enough people not giving, just taking. And that's just my opinion on it. I don't know if my opinion matters for much, but I... No, that's it. I mean, that's exactly right. Yeah, there's there's a ton of bad stuff going on in the world and, you know, that's what... I mean, Val writes a lot of music about that stuff and we do what we can to help out in any way that we can. Uh, but that doesn't have to dictate your, I don't know, the mood you're in all the time. You know, it doesn't, it, because the world's a fucked up place, it doesn't mean that it's also not like a really beautiful place. And, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there too. And like exactly hey. what you're saying, help, helping out and doing the community stuff is like a very nice thing. And it, that's like something to look look forward to and work towards. Well, and I think for anybody that's out there listening to us talk to, we like, I don't know. I'm 39, Mitch. How old are you? Uh, just turned 35 in December. So we're pretty close to the same age range. So, um, and it's harder for, I think, kids to understand that um, they, there was like this area even like with, punk and underground stuff where you either met friends in awkward, weird ways or you would share stuff like you didn't have the internet as much. You'd share stuff either through like zines, publications, or you would just go find a record yourself or you found somebody that likes maybe some stuff like you like, like, I don't know, like, I mean, I was probably into grunge and other stuff before I was into anything really fucking cool. Let's, I mean, just be real. With, with Wait, grunge isn't cool? We love grunge. We cover no, I grunge, grunge music all the time. No, I'm not, I'm not saying it like that, Vince. I'm not. I'm not saying oh it like that. I'm okay. not saying it like that. I love grunge too, but I'm, I I mean, and then you had a real, but, you know, it's all good because it's all just rock and roll if you like it. And it all just comes from blues and jazz if you really truly think about it. And it all just comes from noise being put into arrangements. That's why I get into noise music. So much that I realize it's all just noise put put into arrangements. But anyways, for are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. For what we were saying there is, I was saying that the whole internet thing is, I think sometimes now people are in such an internet world, and they've had so many things just put at them through social media, everything. It's almost like people forgot, forget to look at the little simple things like the sun setting or the birds or the trees and see the beauty and just the little things, I think. I think a lot of people just forget to stop and look at those things 
these days you even see the the tree bark changing on the tree or the leaves change on the tree. It's pretty amazing to think. Yeah, a lot of these, you know, there's a ton of and a ton saying, of great stuff out there. And I'm saying, yeah, younger younger people, please get off the internet, so get off this podcast after you listen to it and go listen to focus on beautiful. <laughs> I don't know, it's it's hard, but yeah, it's I was, you know, for very many moons of my life, I was that person that was angry at everything and everyone, and I, and it, and it, and it takes it takes a lot to it take a look on the outside and then change things or like realize this isn't the way I want to be. Being, yeah, that's a hard that's a hard thing to do. Oh, it's a it's a it's a it's a very it's a very hard thing to do. You know, don't get me say it wrong. There's still things I'm angry about. There's still things that get under my skin. But as you know, I think it was even like I was, you know, some people were probably going off getting wild at some show. My old drummer, my old band of secret played with you. He's more, he's more just like a grind and power violence type of junkie dude and sludge dude. Loves corrupted and stoner rock and blues and jazz. He's like, I don't understand hardcore. You all mosh like a bunch of robots and punch each other when there's a whole system that needs to be being punched out. And I was just like, it took me a real long time to take all that in and really think about it. But I was like, but then at the same time, I'm like, but people need a place to get their adrenaline out. And I guess that that little mosh pit is some people, and I'm not going to ever be judgmental of it, but I did think a lot about it all myself. I was like, I, I was like, I'm a big dude. Do I really need to be involved in this type of stuff? In these type of right? Things? Yeah, yeah. I just thought about like everything a lot. Like, but I think uh, reflection never hurts in this. Reflection never hurts in this world. Well, it, also, it also doesn't have to be one or the other. You know, there's room for like a little bit of what your friend is talking about and what you're talking about. You know, I think that's yeah. the Finding that balance is the, the the goal. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Yeah, balance. I think finding like balance is the goal. Goal in general, it's without a. Uh, I mean, I even found the angrier I got, the harder it was to find any kind of balance in the world. World, it's. It was like, oh, I'm getting so angry here. Am I even able to find any balance whatsoever yeah. here? No. It's tough. It's tough. Oh, I mean, in the world, uh, I don't think the world's truly, I don't think the world's truly against people. And when you're young, it seems like it is. But I, I think when you learn, as you get older, it's just it doesn't fucking care. But there's still some people in it that do that do and and i mean you know i but i also think about like a lot of people have this ideology like the world's going to be some where this perfect place i don't think this world's ever going to be a perfect place humans are we're an imperfect species but you get down to this whole thing where you know you have this world and it's uh it moves very quick and the world isn't I I just think like people are caught up in too many things and people are just trying to survive and they 
unfortunately walk over each other in the process and walk over the environment and fuck up the environment and the ecosystems in the process. But that is definitely I, something that happens. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's capitalism is perfectly to blame for it all. Oh, it's the, it's the perfect thing to blame. I mean, it's the reason why you have poverty and people pitted against each other in certain neighborhoods and in cities in America and living in fucking squall when they spend, well, the politicians, what they spend a bunch of their money on we- weapons and war and, mm-hmm. and yeah. systems that, like prison systems that fuck up people's world. It's all stuff we know, but it's just like, how do we educate everybody else that looks really. I just always thought it'd be cool if everybody just around the world just said one day just quit their jobs. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be time, nice? This time, I mean, it'd fuck up a lot of things. Like food would be a big problem. There'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of problems, but it'd be pretty interesting to see how it what would happen if everybody's just like one day, like, yeah, let's not do this shit anymore. Let's not perpetuate this since it, oh man, there'd be a bunch of people. <laughs> That would be uh, pretty amazing to see. <laughs> I've always, you know, I was, uh, I think it was even I was talking to, yeah, Rick and Susie from Four Eyed about those things the other, the other day on a cast. I was like, yeah, wouldn't it be beautiful? You're just like, quit your job at one time. And, but then, like, I don't, but then, yeah. I think because so many people have been taught to rely on certain things, it would get real, it'd get pretty scary pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially in America, if any indication of what happened in D.C. is an indication of life, of life in this country. Oh, my God. Seriously. What a wild thing. Oh, I just think it's wild how, um, how we've all been pitted against each other. Like everybody's like poor and they're all worried about somebody from the smaller boat coming in or we're all worried about kicking each other out of the small boat while some, while all these rich motherfuckers are on luxury lines and we all worry, we, we all get pitted up against each other. And really what's going to happen from all this, from either the conservative or liberal sides is the government's going to just come down and put a give a boot down on everybody. That's all the fuck that's going to happen and get more of our rights taken away. That's very possible. If Patriot Act wasn't already enough to take away our rights, let's, let's give us some boots on some other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. That's why, like... That's why Fingers came crossed up. for the best. Yeah, that's why, like... People get so mad at me because they're like, you're not voting Trump sucks. I was like, I know he sucks, but Biden sucks too. It's like, yeah. it's like, what's the point? You're going to be looking a boot. You're going to be looking a corporate boot either way. I hope you enjoy leather. <laughs> yeah, kind of, we're just stuck. Could always move, you know. I'm. That's my plan at some point. Just get out of here. <laughs> you know, I, I went. I thought about. I, I wanted to go. I mean, I, I, I also tell people, I was like, well, you don't think this shit, it's like, you, you don't think this shit's rigged at all? I was like, I told someone this, and who knows what I'll get for talking about this stuff. 
But I was like, you don't think this shit's rigged as, rigged as all, oh, man? It's like, and people are like, I don't want to think about that. And it's like, well, come on, Bernie Sanders seemed a little bit more popular than Biden. Yeah, really. That's all I'm gonna. That's all I'm. That's all I'm gonna say is. But then again, I don't know. Biden probably knows a lot of people and is probably pretty popular in the political scheme of things too. Too, he probably has all kinds of corporate alliances and other stuff going on. Mostly, is that's what people don't understand? Is most of these politicians are either war veterans or business people before they're politicians. And most people don't understand this whole country was set up in a way so those who have don't have to give it to those that don't. It's like, and people are like, that's why they didn't want to pay. I mean, see, people over in Europe get forced to pay taxes and then they have good health care and they have certain good things because of it. I know. That'd be nice. Yeah. But here, it's like, all that stuff's a myth or you're else. It's just like, I don't know all these people in a lot. We pay for war. We pay for destruction of eco-environments here. Ecosystem. Yeah, that's, that's sad to think about. Depressing. Yeah, but we, yeah, we don't need to, we don't need to talk about all that either. But it's good, it's good we're aware of it, and I think everybody needs to open their eyes and just I think I think how we can not be sad about it is for anybody listening out there it may not be doing this. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to dictate anybody's life, but maybe think about people should think about what they eat sometimes or just you know, they should also think about just like how much they drive a car or do certain things. We could all play our part in doing a little better. That would definitely be nice if more people took that stuff into consideration. I mean, sometimes but, you know, certain things are unavoidable, especially when you're when you're doing stuff like touring and stuff. It's an, almost impossible not to use it. Yeah. Even though I did have, yeah. I don't know how much better it was. I did have friends. I did have a friend's band one time. We got a short bus, and they were their band was even called Short Bus Kids. Uh huh. They had like a girl, they had like female vocalists, real rowdy, just punk hardcore stuff from Lawrence, Kansas. But they had a, they had a short bus that was converted off of vegetable oil. Vegetable oil. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've seen those. Or something like that. That, and they would just, they would just roll around in that, in that thing. But I don't know. I don't know. Like French fries. Yeah. That's just nothing wrong with that, though. Nope. It was treating, kind of it was better. Treating, yeah, it was treating the world a little bit. Yeah. Oh, so you, so you're, um, I didn't notice. Are you, uh, are you, a, so you're a comic book fan? I am a comic book fan, big time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, me too. And it's like, I always say to myself, like, with the bigger lines of comics, X-Men, what a shame. X-Factor, what a great series of things, but then the movies just turned to crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they didn't like, like, well. And then, like, but then you have something like Frank Miller's Sin City, which he almost didn't let Hollywood fuck up at all. It was almost like he took guardianship towards it. It was like... Right, right, like, right. I went, to, I went to pages of the book to come to life on film. Yeah, that has to be like one of the best 
representation, right? Of, of, a, of a graphic novel or comic book so you can put the film? Yeah. yeah. I, think, I, I think so. And I think it's just, I think that's just one of my, I think he's just, Sin City's one of my all-time favorite series because it even oh, that's cool. shows even just like how the good guy, it almost shows how the good guys are even bad guys too in some some ways, like how nobody's yeah. perfect. It almost shows the it almost shows imperfectness yeah. or imperfection. In some ways, you're dealing with this. But there's somebody good. I can't say that's my favorite, but it's like modern day, modern days. Yeah. Sure. What, do, what, what, what stuff do you get into? What did you? I like I like a little bit of everything. I mean, I, I definitely get into you know, the cheesy superhero stuff, a bunch of like Batman and Superman and X-Men comics and all of that. I, I like the darker indie stuff. I think my favorite comic book or one that I, if people are like, Hey, I'm trying to get into comics. Like what's a good place? What's something fun? The one that I usually suggest is called four kids walk into a bank, which is one of my favorites. It's this like five issue miniseries. Uh, about some kids who find out one of their dads is involved in something shady, uh, and they're these people are like making the dad rob a bank, and the kids are like, "Well, if we rob it first, then the dad won't get in trouble." Uh, and they try to just, you know, save the dad that way. And it's so funny and and also sad. Like I cry every time I read it. Uh, but that's one I, I highly suggest. Four kids walk into a bank is up there for me. Yeah, yeah. There's this really good one I have. Also, it's called. As my friend uh, Daniel Spotswood, he's he's even done coloring for Marvel at times back in the day when they would hire a lot of people, different mm-hmm. artists to do coloring for him and stuff. But uh, yeah, they put together this whole really cool thing in Kansas City called Show and Tell, and it's just like a big book, and it has like a bunch of short comics done by different artists. That, and Kansas City has a lot, and it has a lot of really good comic book art, like a lot of good artists to do little comics and stuff. Surprisingly, I was always surprised. Yeah, that's cool. A lot of the comics you do find good are the smaller DIY publications that are almost like zines, like zine type comic books somebody just put together. Yeah, yeah, I love that stuff. Themselves, like there's this. Unfortunately, rest in rest in whatever comes after this bullshit to Jeff Warren out of St. Louis. But uh, he did a comic book called Sap. It was really good. He did a lot of the artwork for different bands, like that band Cross Examination from St. Louis. Uh-huh. I don't know if you, you ever heard of them. They're kind of just an idiot party hardcore band, but the dude's so familiar, but I'm not sure I can pick them out as somebody who's playing them, you know? Yeah. It's, they're on a, they're on a way. They, were, they put out some stuff on Deep Six, and they did put on some stuff out of the way out of here in Chicago called Organized Crime Records. Which, I'll have to look it up. Which, I mean, that label is mainly more of a hardcore label. Like, I uh-huh. don't know. They put out some different stuff it wasn't, but for the most part, I mean, well, it's kind of funny is you have, you have bands like The Killer and The Killing Tree from here, which The Killing Tree's Tim Tim Remus with 
people from with the vocals to rise against and stuff and you have other stuff like the killer which is which he played drums in too which is like a tougher hardcore band but then he also plays drums and harvest which is more like a metallic hardcore band but then he's in stuff like mile marker also and if you know who mile marker Mm-mm. is and and then he does a band called sweet cobra up oh, here I'm I've sure. definitely heard of that band he plays bass and does vocals and that. Oh, that's cool. That that band and they're, yeah, they're pretty good friends with Young Widow. They're pretty good friends with Young Widows and a lot of oh nice other people. But it's, yeah, it's kind of. But I've always yeah, I've always but yeah, that label put out a lot of stuff like the story. I always I've always liked Tim Tim Remus from Sweet Cobra as a musician because he's like been one of those. People have never pigeonholed themselves as an artist, even in, even if he is like an artist in a lot more of the subcultures of music, like mm-hmm. categories of punk rock. He's always played in different types of things. Yeah, and I love it, that. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm only going to be in one style of band. Yeah, yeah, that's that's boring. You you know, you got to do a little yeah, well, more I than that. People, I, I think people are getting better about it, and I think like, I mean, I've even started working on a new band with some friends called Indulged out of here in Chicago. Um, but the idea is, yeah, we like power violence and sludge stuff, so mix those things together a lot. But a lot of electronic dance thrown in there, a lot of jazz, kind of like what Refuse was doing on the Shape of Punk Pecan come because it's kind of like well fuck everything's already kind of been done everything you can do is been yeah. done and it's kind of like we i like everything so why not mix it up into a blender and throw it and i don't really care what and I, but i think people are getting better about that the new generations of kids are a lot more into that now so that's good too yeah yeah for sure too as it used to it used to be anything new it came about people people frowned people really frowned uh-huh, uh-huh. I, yeah. I remember when Refuse, i remember even when refused changed there so i liked it i was like oh thank well i don't know i was at a point where i was even beginning to kind of get burnt out on a lot of the a lot of the tr- i mean hardcore i'm not ever going to talk any crap on it because it has so many beautiful things and people and ideas and it, but it also gets to a point where is it just another quickest click because it's almost like it celebrates diversity, but sometimes like you get clowned on if you don't like a certain band or people like do a lot of gossipy stuff or find shit to be just dramatic about. And it's like, does this really celebrate diversity or are we just the same shit right. we always fucking right, right. The same shit I was trying to not be around. Yeah, I must just not be, not be like tapped into that because I never really like get in conversations about that kind of stuff with people. Uh, I mean, not so I much anymore. I think, it used I think to when be. I was younger, I, I think when younger, younger, yeah. When you tapped into it a lot more, I think as you get older, you yeah. Get, um, you you realize life is kind of this. It's, it throws you a lot of good bullshit. To, to, it kind of like shit at a fan. You have to sort through it all. 
Yeah. Like, and I, you know, I still run my label. I love running my label, but every once in a while, I have somebody that tries, some kid in some younger band that tries to pull me into some, some, some something dramatic going on with another band. I told them I don't have, I, I, I like, I can't do this, and they'll be like. What you don't care or something? It's like no, I do uh-huh, care, and that's uh-huh. what happens. I give myself a heart attack, or I'm gonna give myself a stroke. Right, right, right. right. No, I, I was like, that's you can, you all can address this how you want to want to do it. I'm not gonna. Yeah, no point. <laughs> it's like what? I mean, a lot of times people's emotions. Well, it's. It's easy for people to, I found, it's easy for people sometimes to be ego, and I don't think it's done intentionally. No, I don't think egotistical things done all the way intentionally. Some maybe. I found it's easy for humans to somewhat be really caught up in their own shit and like forget that even in these communities and other things, there's a lot of feelings and emotions going around and you really have to, and I don't think some people are even tapped into that some because we live in such a world where stuff's so come and go, you know, no, mm-hmm. it's on to the next thing and it's on to the next thing. And uh, sometimes I wish I lived in simpler times like the Great Depression times. I don't know if those were really simple times and I think we maybe heading into them again, but this is a time where people had less and there's so much shit to fucking oversaturate our minds and pull us in different directions. You've got to delete the internet. I I, I want to say people were probably tapped into each other's emotions a lot more. I don't know if they were because there was a lot of racism and stupid bigotry in that time period. But there's also a lot of cool stuff going on that my grandpa talked about when he was alive. His family had a gas station somewhere in Missouri and they would trade nobody money didn't have a lot of value so you would just almost it was a trade system type thing you would trade gas for something else somebody else had you oh, know what cool. i mean yeah. and it was like you know it was it was hard time it was hard time <laughs> hard time yeah definitely and, yeah and this, that man that sounds nice though just you know trading goods and for services and stuff well, yeah, I've thought I've thought about that a lot, and I just uh, but I thought about also all the strides, and that's why I have to think positively too. As I think about those strides people have made through, like even the civil rights era. If you think about that era, my mom was involved in, and where a bunch of Black Panthers got killed by our government, and a bunch of people got locked in jail for different drugs and stuff. I mean, you know. It's kind of a weird, it's a weird time period, but there's a lot of, and that's where I think a lot of people were, I mean, that's why Trump is such a scary thing. It's almost like, well, let's almost roll back every civil rights people have been fighting for for decades. Yeah, that was rough. It was a scary, it was a scary thing to, uh, that's a scary thing to also marginalize people or the people that are really, going through the shit daily, 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 it's, I mean, yeah, not, I feel not lucky, easy. Well, I've been, I feel lucky enough, I've been able to open my eyes and see what goes on, because there's a lot of people that are stuck in the cogs of the system, 
that are out there that don't realize what's going on and don't realize how much of the how they're just how they're, well they do it by you know the South has a lot of it going on because they do it by making people poor and somebody goes and commits a crime because they're poor and it's just in and out of jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely definitely rough down here for people. Oh yeah, well, and also Louisiana. I don't know, Louisiana. <laughs> I think they lock up more more people per capita than any other, any other state. They're the number one state. Definitely, yeah, it's fucked up. I looked up some I looked up some statistics, and and I mean Louisiana's still a beautiful place, but that's because. Is it because Louisiana is not a beautiful place? It's because people make money off of other people being in jail and making products. Yeah, another yeah. really depressing thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not all the way to talk about. So well. but, but, yeah, let's move on. We, but we've gotten to talk about some cool stuff on here with that. Yeah. Stuff. And hopefully it opens some people's eyes that they... Because I always hope somebody stumbles across these podcasts that may have never even opened their eyes or thought about these things right before. Not, yeah i hope totally. we, i hope we aren't i hope we aren't just all screaming at a wall or whatever right whatever whatever so what's um any uh <clears throat> so yeah you just um oh and by the way that that new uh that latest release with emma is is really is a really cool release i have enjoyed that Thanks, man. Glad you dig it. Yeah. So, so you so you're saying I mean, that was cool talking about the film thing. So you're saying you're going to kind of <laughs> that's funny. You're going to have kind of chip play a role in it where he's never really acted. Yeah, yeah. The, I'm hoping it'll be real funny. I got to try to finish <laughs> up the silly script. Come up yeah. with some ideas. The script. Yeah, it, it's going to be just watching him do it is going to be funny in and of itself so i don't need to write anything like super funny you know so just watching him try to act is going to be so great <laughs> just watching him try to try yeah. to act that's that's i mean I'm, I, I'm i'm i might be wrong and he might just kill it too which will be even better i think it would be so funny if we had no idea chip could just was just this amazing actor and went all out and was like giving this crazy performance. Some people, nat- Some people are natural <laughs> things. You don't know. You don't yeah, know. I mean, he's a performer, so you know, he might he might just have it. Hollywood, next stop. <laughs> Hollywood, next stop. Yeah. <laughs> so what's um so um yeah, and you kind of even that was good. You guys even you even talked earlier, kind of how you all met as a band. I always like to kind of get into that. So that's cool. You all mm-hmm. met when you all were pretty young. When you're all yeah. pretty young. That's good to have those friendships. Based and I feel like those bonds also. And it's you know sometimes it's hard being even if you are best friends with people. It's hard sometimes being out on the road with other people. Yeah, it can be tough. It can be tough, and we 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 fight too. We like we don't always get along. We have big fights. So it's basically just oh, every, brothers, you know. Every every band does. 
and does yeah. for anybody. Because a lot of people, well, a lot of people also think. I mean, don't get me wrong. Touring is beautiful because you get to see different places. You get a you get a see new things, you get to play music, you love to play, you get to see mm-hmm. other people play music, you get to share these things, I feel. But at the same time, it's hard because there's struggles at times. You're you're around the same people every day so you can wear on each other. You miss things like if you have a significant other, if you have animals, you sometimes miss those things. There's a lot of oh, things. Yeah, that, definitely. It, it's it, tough. It goes, and a lot of people don't understand also that a lot of people are like, oh, it must be so, so fun. You get to do whatever you want. It's like, no, you don't kind of get to do whatever you want. You get to actually make time. You get to be a time at these places you got to play at. Yeah. I saw some meme. I saw some meme a while back about touring that was like, uh, all the places <laughs> you see on tour. And it was like a Walmart, a gas station, some shitty green room, like punk green room or something. And then there's like the floor with a sleeping bag on it. I'm like, yep, that's pretty much it. That's yep. what that's what tour is. That sums it up. That sums it up. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty, well. pretty perfect. Yeah. Yeah, but it it was um it was really um it was really cool. Uh, one night we were going. Um, we were kind of sleep deprived. We couldn't find a place to stay in Cleveland, Ohio. So we were like, hey, we're going to drive. Let's just drive to Pittsburgh where our next show is. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, my noise partner, me at the gas station talking about, well, what are we going to do? Um, I guess we could try to wake up Claire and Tyler and our friends in Pittsburgh. They were doing the show for us. And so we kind of knew we may be coming early. And we were just talking at a gas station, and just like, maybe we should get a hotel or something a little bit outside of it, just for the heck of it. And then uh-huh. some, uh, there's this funny, some business guy comes up, and he's like, well, I just left Pittsburgh, because I got called to a different business conference I have to go to, but I have a hotel room booked there for for two days, and we need it that night, and we're going to be there a second, we're going to be there the next day when we're playing, two or whatever, and then just go into Cincinnati from there, which isn't that far. So this guy was just like, this guy just gave us, just it was like, I'll call him up and tell him I'm having a couple guests in the hotel room show up. What are your names? And he called them right there on the spot. So Jeff and me got a free hotel room for two nights. Damn, that rules. Two nights. And I was like, this is a, <laughs> no, those things don't hardly ever happen on two, two or someone. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, like that. Just out of the out of the random in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. Yeah, what like, a cool you know. thing, though. <laughs> yeah, so we're just going to go, like you said, stay on our friend's, stay on our friend's floor. Right, right, right. Sometimes floors yeah, are real nice, though. You know, I've gotten used to it. You got used to the, you got used to the sleeping bag. Yeah, I, I bought, like, a real comfy one, which has been nice. Uh, and, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm not like yearning to go sleep on the floor in somebody's house, but when touring happens again, I definitely won't be as bummed about it. You know, it'll be like nice to be back out, able to do that again. Yeah. Well, I think, um, 
after you haven't done it for a while, you probably almost feel like I'm missing this or having the urge. Yeah. For this, well, I saw, yeah, I saw some post-war actually made at one point where he talked about how he was even getting burnt out or getting jaded at times of music, but if pandemics taught him anything, it's just to respect everything. Right, that right, right. All the communications of music. Yeah. Beautiful things through, through it. It's definitely a nice way to look at it. Because it got, you know, it was kind of weird because I think, I think it is easy sometimes, like, you know, when you have something you can go do anytime you want to do it. You're used to that. So you sometimes, so maybe certain people who may take that for granted. Yeah. At times, or sometimes just be like, I want to sit at home, you know, do whatever. And, but, then it was all taken away from everyone just like that real quick. Right. Totally. Clifton. Yeah. Clifton. It's, uh... Yeah. It's been a, it's been a tough, it's been a tough ride. I think for everyone is used to these, to these things, but, um, but I think it's also taught us all like, I mean, it taught us self appreciate Yeah. To appreciate it. And also the friendships we made through count because here we are talking to you, in the right, industry, right. talk to body folk all the time, and talk to mm-hmm. whoever all the time. Different people you made friends through, yeah. through doing through music, and that's that's also a be- that's also a beautiful thing, and and it teaches us we can also all be truly there for each other. Without, I mean, even though we met a lot through music, we can be there for each other in other ways too. It's it's a really beautiful thing. Totally. Yeah. 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 Yeah, music's just a jumping off point, you know, to become friends, meet people. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I think there's so much more. And that's always the crazy, but that is also always the crazy part about playing music. Have you ever felt like that? Like you meet, you meet so many different people. And sometimes you're like, you like think about it. Sometimes you're like, wow, I wish I lived in the same town as that mother, that, that person so we could kick it. Yep, more I think about that a lot, like, yeah. Totally. But then also, but then also at the same time, you're like, then you think about, it, you're like, well, we'd probably wear and tear on each other too, and probably end up being you at some point. I don't yeah. know. Very, that's very possible. Yeah, very possible. I, no, I'm just joking around. I I appreciate all my friend, friends they put up. I mean, I have friends. I feel like I'm not always. I'm I'm a good-hearted person, but. Sometimes I can even be a lot to handle, too. So, but it's just realizing just people, that. just people. <laughs> yeah, that's just anybody. So what uh, else is um? What was usually um? I was to ask this also about um about Val and other things um before we go too much further here. Who, who's some of the people you've all spent time recording with on recordings, or where do you like to record at? At or what's your favorite recording experience? Uh, well, we have been using our buddy James as an engineer. James uh, Witten has recorded most of Val's stuff. He's basically like a member of Val at this point. You know, 
any time we get to record with him, but particularly this last one with Emma was really fun because she was like really into recording with him and wanted to like have that experience. And it was such a fun thing just being in his little studio. Uh, and he just knows our music, you know, so it's like there's not a lot of figuring out sounds because he just gets it. Uh, so any anytime we get to kick it with him is really nice. Yeah, that's good. That's cool. Well, this is that same way because I was in one of my early bands. I'm in a band with my buddy Wade Held, his older brother played in that band. Uh, he plays in that band Casket Lottery now, but he's in the band Coalesce, if you're familiar with that. Would that be a band or not? I don't know if you ever heard of Cool West or not. Most people probably have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One ranger or another. But anyways, they would use, they would always go to, they would always go to Ed, they'd always go with Ed Rose uh, at the Brick, at Brick, at Red Brick Recording Studios in Adora, Kansas. And he recorded like a, you know, he recorded Get Up Kids. We've been a lot of bands from other places. We would come record mm-hmm. with them too. But it's just like I feel like a lot of times you get you get somebody you feel comfortable with using or kind of knows your, your stuff even a little bit as an artist. And sometimes even like get help different people like different things when they record. Sometimes they like somebody just lets them do their thing, or sometimes they like somebody who even pushes them to do more like the almost even adds themselves as a part of it. Right, and right, like, right. And who almost does that with me, and I like recording with them, and who I want to use every time I record now is Andy Nelson from Weekend Notches at Brick Top here in Chicago. That's awesome. Every time I recorded with them, it's just like, even with noise, it's like almost any project he puts himself in, that's interesting. I always wondered how that works with certain bands because, you know, you come in like like with Val, we come in like have the songs written and we usually have a, an idea of like, all right, well, we know how we need this to sound, blah, blah, blah. So when a producer or somebody recording comes in is like inserts themselves in that way, I, I never really understood how that works. Like, are they adding... Is that person like adding music to your song, or is it like arrangement? How does that work? I think whatever I think whatever Andy probably gets asked to do, he usually does it. But I think he could even might be the type of person that tells you where you know, just coming from being a musician himself, where he's like, you know, like where he could even tell somebody something like, you know, something like this would probably sound better at this part than what you have going right. on right there, but that's just my opinion. You can release it that way. Sure, sure. If, just ideas. If okay. you wanted, wanted, wanted to, to and like, you, you know, sometimes it, yeah, I mean, but he's good at just also being there if he just wanted to be there. It's probably just whenever you ask him, because I know certain people, I know, I don't know what he's all, all been a part of it when he was talking to me about he's like certain people ask me to do different things that other people right do it right do it cool. yeah did you did you ever get to see did you ever get to see that band they're pretty goofy band weekend notches oh yeah yeah we played with them yeah i didn't know if you had all spent time with john and andy and 
Because I, I didn't, they're, they're I didn't really kick it with them that much, but uh, I mean, the few encounters I had, they all seem like really nice dudes. Yeah, they're pretty good friends with Full of Hell and stuff. Or they're right. They're all pretty good. They're all pretty good buddies. Buddies too. So, but that's cool. Yeah. So, sorry. Hold on. I think somebody's at my door. All right. Hold on. Let me go check. <laughs> Thank you. This is the post office. Damn, my phone I gotta go plug it in. Yeah, I guess we've uh, talked about a lot on this podcast. Oh, there's always one other thing I like to ask for this beautiful podcast. If somebody was ever come to a place where you live, either New Orleans or Baton Rouge. What would be something you would suggest for them to do? To do maybe even some free. It's good to do. Yeah. Uh, any any cool graveyards? Any cool museums? Any? There, there's City Park is where I spend a lot of. I have spent a lot of time during quarantine, which is uh, there's like the children's museum near there and a sculpture garden. But what I like to do is. I go out there with like this huge white blanket that's real fluffy and soft and uh, just bring a bunch of comic books. And there's this thing called the chime tree, which is this big tree in a field where somebody hung up a bunch of chimes, like different sizes. Some of them are huge and it's just real lovely and quiet, you know, except for the chimes and relaxing. Wind chimes, uh, right? What's that? Wind chimes, right? Wind chimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I like to just go hang out under the chime tree and like read comic books and bring a sandwich or something. And I'll just stay out there for a, a day pretty much. So I'd say that, or so one place I went earlier in quarantine with a friend of mine was Jean Lafitte park, national, maybe national park, Jean Lafitte national park. And we kind of snuck in when it was closed. Uh, but it's like swamp. There's like straight up swamps and you can walk around the swamps. Uh, we saw like this, there's just alligators all over the place. It's freaky, but really cool. Yeah, there, there you go. And I, yeah, that's cool. I really, I really like wind chimes, and I even like anything. I like the, I like the symbols, symbolism of wind chimes. Even like if you get like some really old wind chimes that have been out in weather for a while, you can see some, you know, rough detail on them, and it's almost, it's almost kind of like the way we age. You know what I mean? Mean, but yeah. metal even yeah, lasts yeah. longer. Than, like totally. wind chimes are, wind chimes are just cool, just the way they sound and pick up different sounds and and, and due to the hollowness, however they're built, there's different wind chimes are built even in different manners. So some of them gonna yeah, pick up different it. sounds. That's cool. I, you have a whole you have a whole park area that has them. Uh, it's just this one tree, really, uh, at this park. It's City Park. It's it's really great. I love it so much. Yeah, that's 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 really that's really cool. I went up. Somebody needs to do something like that here at one of the parks here in Chicago. I'm sure it probably just started off with somebody doing it on that tree, and other people added them right, or somebody comes in. There's the city do it usually. I wonder. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. No, I yeah. just wonder if that city you go to. I wonder if it's the city doing it or if somebody just comes and. Kind oh, of oh, I thought you said somebody did the same thing with at your place. No, I'm did, saying I think, they, I think they should. They should if they haven't. Right, they right, should. right. I think it's like an art installation kind of thing. Like somebody just did it. You know, that, well, we got permission to do it and from the city. Yeah, that's really. That's really cool. Well, um, since your phone is about to die and we've gotten to talk a lot of Val stuff and just life. Yeah. Little stuff. Um, anything in the future for Val? Any things you want to add before um, this pot, like any recordings coming out in the future or anything planned? I mean, I guess you guys are always releasing. Yeah, nothing, nothing right now. Uh, I mean, the Emma thing was the big one, you know, and I, well, there's like a little compilation thing coming out. I'm not sure when, uh, but I can't really talk about that just yet. Yeah. We'll all we'll be posting about it. I'm sure whenever it's ready. Uh, yeah. no, no. Sometimes it upsets, sometimes it upsets the label or upsets other people in the world. Right, 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 right. Whatever yeah, happened. Exactly. Uh, the only thing I, I mean, I've got to watch my show, Big Garden, on Instagram. It's like real oh. fun, and I've I've had like Lee has been on it, and Dylan from Full of Hell has been on it. I've had cool musical guests like uh, Zola Jesus and Marissa Nadler and Dream Decay and Slow Math, all these bands I really love, and uh, a bunch oh, of cool Slow Math. Slow Math is one of the all-time best. Dude, they're so good. They're so good. Did you talk to him? Did you talk to him how Allison is just a perfect song? No, so they just they just were a musical guest. They just sent in a song, and uh, and they killed it. It was so great. The 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 bit about the music the musical guest is that each. I ask each guest to do a rendition of the ABCs, uh, however they want, but they, it's just like an original thing for them to like have fun with and play with, and they just do the ABCs. It doesn't have to be like A B C D E. The, the music is whatever you know. They can like write a whole song as long as that's what they're singing, and it's been real cool to see different bands' interpretations of like what to do with that. And Slow Mass definitely killed it. That, that, yeah, that's good. That's that's awesome. I um, yeah. I'm gonna have to go peep some of those because yeah, they're all on just my Instagram. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, it's so many people, and I'm glad you found out to do during these times too, because that's one of the reasons I started doing this podcast is just to uh, have some communication to get to talk to different friends. During the yeah. times and have some other people, which is great, to just kind of have communications during these times. It's good time for it. Oh, yeah. uh, it, it, it is, and um, yeah, hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, everything can get back to where there can be shows again at some point, um, where it's actually a healthy environment to do it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, and I just want to 
I just want to get to a world where we're all better to each other and treat each other better in the world of species. And yeah, that's just all I want to see. see. And that sounds nice. That sounds real nice. Yeah, yeah, people were, and I also did talk about before I go on this. Um, I always like to say this at the end of the podcast. Yeah, do lend a helping hand if it's going and feeding someone, finding some change out of your pocket of someone on the street, getting somebody a blanket that's in need, being there mentally for somebody else, or just, you know, even if you don't have anything to give to anybody else when you're out on the streets, just talk to someone, make someone feel like a human especially in these times, even with social distancing, with a mask on, which I prefer everyone to do. Um, yeah, just yes, get out of your cage, get out of the shells, live a little bit. Love that. Is, That's real beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I've been trying to, i thought about it a lot, and it's just, there, there needs to be um, more of it in the world. And well, I think we'll eventually all get there. It's just we'll get there. This podcast is helping, you know, just putting it, it, it out it, there is nice. Yeah, we just have to put it out there, and uh, and even if some of us just get there, it's okay. It's okay. I you can't. Uh, I you know you know, and then we can get going after this. But I'll say this too. Sometimes a change, it just has to be little small things that are in your environment that you can even change, change or have control over. Because I think a lot of times people worry about changing the big picture of the world too much, which can be very, very overwhelming. So small. What is it? Yeah. What is it? What's the thing? It's like uh, think globally, act locally, which is like yeah. cheesy thing now, but it's really true. Yeah, and even like the, I remember seeing the old band submission hold around. They always had that, they had that saying uh, where it says, go down ever a small group of individuals can change things. It's the only thing they ever fucking has. And I'm sure it's probably also been said in other points in history. To, to yeah. Just, yeah, start off small. Dude. small. Yeah, I just want to get, yeah, that's one of the reasons I do this podcast. I like, like I said, I like to talk to people about their bands because I'm a nerd like that too. To music is. Sure. I'll tell people this enough, but I'll tell you this much. Music has been there. I mean, my lady, I'll do it. You know, that's the the lady and the cast are the most important thing to me. Me here oh, yeah. come before the music does. Number the one. Music has been, the music has been there and has spoke for, spoken to me a lot of times or just when I was in some really alone, dark places. I still had music or even had the like relationship of being able to listen to a record and know somebody else is going through these same, same exact feelings right, right mm-hmm. now and, and just conveying it through, conveying it through art or creativity. And I've always just enjoyed the epiphanies and the sounds of it too. There's just, I guess certain people attract to certain things and, and for some of us, I, I guess it's a lot of things. And I find it's a lot of things I get older, but yeah, music's always definitely been that thing. It was there in a lot of weird, dark, weird places, but without the people or without the people, there is no music. That's why the people, why people are so much more important and 
just all this stuff already goes with just the blazer and pouring. Sometimes I find, but sometimes also, you know, that's a whole other thing on its own. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, but thanks for, and we talked about that earlier, but thanks for talking to me about everything. Tonight. Yeah, of course. And, thanks uh, for having me on. I appreciate you asking me to yeah. do that. Yeah, and oh, I always forget to ask this since you are a bass player. I always ask that I want to ask this more. What is your go to? What is your go to bass and your go to rig? Uh, well, I've had the same bass since I was like 20 years old. It's the Warwick Sun bass, and it's, I mean, basically what has it's been my go to bass for for everything. I love it so much. Uh, I'm not much of a gear person. I, I play through like one pedal, but I, I love Ampeg, you know, the 810, and then I've got the SVT4 Pro head. Pretty standard heavy music stuff. Nothing crazy. Yeah, there, there, there you go. Um, yeah, I always like to ask people what's their go-to stuff. Um, yeah, um, Anyways, um, oh, also for people, um, what's a good way if no, – I know most people who will be listening to this have heard Val at one point, but what's a good way for people to check out Val if they ever have? you want to shout out a little length or any websites uh, or people? Yeah, we're on Bandcamp and Spotify. You know, you, if you got either of those, Bandcamp's like a good free one to check out. But also, you can just get all of our music for free on our website. We have it all up there to download. Uh, so you can, like, save it, take it with you wherever you want to go. And the website for that is nolaDIY.org slash Val. I take it that, that stands probably for New Orleans, Louisiana DIY? NOLA, yeah, yeah, yeah. NOLA DIY is a website Brian started probably I think probably like a million years ago uh, just for you know like punk shows and DIY shows happening in New Orleans and he just took a side a piece of that website for us nolaDIY.org slash Val uh, all of all the music is there I don't know if the Emma thing is up there yet it might be it might need a little update but most of the music that we've made is up there for free download I'm sure Brian's familiar with them. I think they just broke up. But did you hear this band from New Orleans at all? It was around recently called Crossed. No, I don't know. Yes. That's a friend I just got back from New Orleans. Oh, say that again? That's my friend Levi Thompson's band. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll look them up. Yeah, they're good. They're good. I mean, I know they know about... I didn't know about Brian's store. I mean, Brian probably knows somebody from the band since he's been in New Orleans. Yeah, I'm sure. But you said he just got back not too long ago, right? Yeah, I just got back in December. All right, well, um, I guess this wraps up our ramblings. We've been at it a couple hours here. This is probably anybody anybody could take of school's <laughs> doing this. Yeah, but it's been good catching up. Yeah, it's been good catching up with you two and just talking life during these times. And yeah, thanks for being a friend, Mitch. Um, everybody, everybody, enjoy yourself some of the heaviness of thou in life on your 
on your souls, on your ears, on your minds, and watch out for each other out there, and have a good one. Yeah. All right, but I'll talk to you later, man. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.